Spot Show is back. What's up, everybody? The first round of Supercross is here and gone. What a what an amazing Saturday night. I don't know about you guys, but I was so excited to have Supercross back. I had nerves and goosebumps, and I wasn't even racing dirt bikes, but it's back. We had fans. We had fly activation. We had great racing. We had surprises. We had ups. We had downs. I mean, we couldn't ask for a better season opener. Granted, it was an Anaheim one, but... I'll take it. Supercross is back, and anytime we have Supercross racing on, I'm excited. I'm also excited to have uh, our sponsors on board, Spot Network TV. Check them out on the Spot Network app. They are the fastest-growing streaming service in the industry, so check them out for action sports, fitness, and much, much more. Also, huge thanks to Works Connection, Bell Ray, Scott Goggles, and Motion Pro. A huge thanks to those guys. We'll have some giveaways coming up soon. Check out the new Scott Goggle 30-year anniversary prospect goggle that just dropped last week. So I'm excited. Um, that goggle should be available anytime now. And if you guys haven't got it yet, go check it. I'm going to probably get one just for my office as a collectible. So like I said, keep an eye out, guys. A huge stuff coming from Scott. Also, huge stuff for this episode. Episode 12. I'm your host, Triple J, Justin Jennings on the Moto Spot Show. This guy is uh, well known in the industry of California and all around, I would say, the country. He's done some really cool stuff with some riders. He knows tools like I know dirt bikes. And man, I'm really excited to have him on. He also is the man behind the camera on Main Event Moto. He is what keeps Daniel in check and producer Joe. Um, he also keeps the Instagram very interesting. Interesting. It's a uh, snap on Dan. What's up, Dan? How are you? What's up, Justin? I'm uh, good, brother. How are you, dude? I'm good. I uh, I'm relieved. We have Supercross back, so I'm excited. I actually rode dirt bikes today and rode like crap, but it felt good to watch Supercross on a Saturday night and then ride dirt bikes on a Sunday. Dude, you you and everybody else in the country, I think, right? Our tracks today were insanely packed. Okay, so that's not I've, just I've a never thing. Seen anything, no, I've never seen this before ever, to be honest. It was crazy. Yeah, it's we keep hearing about it you know, on multiple podcasts and magazines and everything, how crazy the power sports industry is and how strong it is. But, I mean, I was texting people today that were asking about bikes. You know, I had one guy ask me, hey, is the dealership open today? I'm like, no, open tomorrow. Another guy is going to Pennsylvania to pick up a bike. It's like, holy crap, man. Like, the industry is on fire. And from what you're saying, it sounds like uh, NorCal had a good turnout today at Riverfront. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been really good. I mean, we've seen uh, a huge influx of riders at the track. You know, probably mainly because there's not a whole lot we can do out here in California. We're pretty restricted, unlike you yeah. lucky guys out there in Tennessee. Oh, dude, I just, um, had, I just had dinner at a restaurant, sat down, no mask. It was it was good. It's this. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's terrible out here. I got a but, house for uh, you, Dan. When you're ready to move. Dude, I'm there. Whenever you're ready, brother. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. I mean, for you, like, how, like, what would you say? Like, I mean, I saw a Snapchat video, and a huge shout out to Zeb. He's been doing an amazing, amazing job over at Rep Racing. But, I mean, how many people you think were there today? 500? Three, three to 500 at least? I would say three to 500 at least. Yeah, it was, it was the most packed I've ever seen it on a practice day. I mean, it was, it was, it was probably approaching the amount of people for, you know, a decent sized race. I mean, I was blown away. Uh, it was so packed that they had to increase the, uh, normally out here, the tracks close at two o'clock from okay. nine to two. They increased it an hour today because it took so long for people to get in because the line was so long to come to the gate. It was insane. How'd the track hold up? Uh, really good. You know, That's we, awesome. we haven't got a whole lot of rain out here this year. Yeah. Um, but you know, Zeb's guys, 
they do a killer job of keeping the track watered where it's not too muddy. And it's, it's, dude, he does, a, he does an awesome job. And uh, we're very, very lucky that we have somebody out here that cares. You know, there's a lot of guys, a lot of track owners that don't care about their business and they're all about taking the money for practice entries and whatnot and don't invest back into their facilities. And we're really lucky to have Zeb that he, he takes care of, you know, the facility and wants to make sure that, you know, all of the riders are happy. Yeah, it seems like his Instagram's really popular and I've known him for a long time. And speaking of him, he's he's uh lined up for a few uh supercross openers, you know, and back in his day. You uh so he's he's he knows he knows how to ride dirt bikes, he knows how to prep track. So if you've never been to a NorCal track, go check it out. Uh rep racing, Zeb Armstrong out there doing a killer job. He's got Riverfront and Prairie City. So Hangtown, some people know it as. So check him out, Rep Racing on Instagram. But man, I, I miss all those guys and you know, seeing you guys and living out east is awesome, but I definitely miss the Sunday fun day with the boys. Yep, it's a good time. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of uh riding dirt bikes with your boys and everything, for you, you've kind of popped on this well for I don't know if you popped on the scene, but like I've known a lot of people in the industry for a long time, um, in NorCal. But I didn't start hearing about you until probably 2011, maybe 2012. Um, you know, because I knew Dave Lodemeyer at DNA, and I knew all those guys. I know Daniel and Vince. I knew all those guys. But like for you, it's like you kind of started coming in more and more and more. But were you always in the industry, or did you just kind of flip a switch and just start riding dirt bikes more? No, I uh, you know I started riding when I was three. Okay. Um, dirt bikes, race sack raceway. In fact, it's funny because. Daniel and I used to race each other at Sack Raceway and, you know, didn't know it until 30 years later, right? So, um, it was kind of funny, but, um, started racing when I was three and, um, when I got into my early teens, I got really big into BMX and, um, was, was really good at BMX. And then I got my driver's license into my late teens. I was like 17 or 18. Um, I was a late bloomer getting my driver's license because I loved riding my bicycle everywhere. So um, then once I got my license, um, I kind of got back riding motocross and uh, didn't take it super serious. Just, you know, practice days here and there. And, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, probably like 2011, 2012. Yeah, so probably in there, I I really kind of started getting back into the, the scene and, um, you know, meeting new people and, just kind of getting more engaged. And then, you know, obviously uh, I had a business that I kind of turned, you know, that turned into somewhat into the industry and yep. um, just kind of snowballed from there, you know? Okay. And speaking of your business, you have the name snap on Dan. I remember you uh, seeing your snap on truck at the track, probably had the coolest moto van set up at uh riverfront. So kind of tell <laughs> yeah, us about that, cool. how you kind of came up with that idea to turn snap on into a motocross uh, merger. Yeah, so um, when I was pretty much right out of high school, um, I wanted to be a cop. And okay. I had a guy that, uh, and that's kind of what I always wanted to do. I wanted to be in law enforcement. It was something that I had you know, a lot of interest in and just something that you would see something different every day, you know, and that's kind of what I intrigued me about it. And I had a, a family friend say, um, hey, man, I, I really don't want you to be catching bullets for a living. So, you know, um, I have a snap-on business, and um, I would love for you to come work for me. So I did. And that's kind of how I got into starting the snap-on. Okay. I ran a, a route for a few years, and then I got into management for like 10 or – actually, it was like 15 years total in management. And then 
Um, I bought another franchise in 2017, and I've actually had two franchises since then. And I don't know if you know this or not, Triple J, but um, I'm actually not a Snap-on dealer anymore. I do know that. And yeah. when you kind of dropped that news on me a while back, I was like, holy crap. And then, you know, then main events started talking about it. Like, we can't call him Snap on Dan anymore. We got yep. Tool Man else. Dan. Yeah, so you're Tool Man Dan now. Tool the Tin Man yeah. Taylor. <laughs> so kind of, uh, you know, when I, when, I, when I bought my franchise in 2017, um, you know, I, I knew a lot of people within the industry, um, local writers and, you know, and I wanted I wanted to take my business and integrate it into my passion. So, and that's why my okay. my LLC name is DCMX and Tools. Um, I wanted to integrate that into my business name. And um, I've had done some really cool stuff, you know, from the day that I started. And I'm very fortunate. Uh, unfortunately, I had a couple of bad. Um, once in a lifetime events that, you know, kind of ruined two franchises with, with uh, a huge fire that wiped out the town of paradise and then yep. the whole COVID-19 thing. So, um, it got kind of difficult, but, um, I'm very fortunate because I did integrate my snap on franchise in the industry. So now I'm doing some, some different stuff. So, yeah. So kind of, that was like a stepping stone for you to kind of move into what you're doing now and, you took on a bigger role with uh, Main Event Moto, and you're doing a lot of stuff with those with guys, those guys and trying to turn around their Instagram. I mean, they had a great Instagram, but now you're trying to do more <laughs> social media for them and get yeah. Daniel, get Daniel off his butt and uh, get him more engaged with that. And um, are you helping out with Daniel on the Eagle Grit side too, or kind of like what are you doing now that uh, you don't do the Snap On thing anymore? So I'm still running my my DCMX and tools, and, okay. and that's uh, uh, at DCMX Tools on Instagram, right? Yep. Okay. And so, you know, my, my vision, um, I got a normal day job. Um, I'm doing IT project management for a, one of the biggest universities in the country. Um, that's an old other weird deal on how I stumbled across that, but I'm again, very fortunate. And I think one of the things that, um, and I want the listeners to, to know this is it's not always about what you know, it's about who you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, you always want to have good relationships with people and always be networking. And that's how I'm so fortunate to have done what I've done within the industry, but also on the outside of the industry, because I've, you know, I got this awesome job now. And, and, and if, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have this job. So um, I got a normal day job and uh, been doing the DCMX and tools thing on the side. And my vision for that is, you know, I love tools. It's pretty much what I've done my whole adult life is, is in the tool industry. And I'd like to, to make a brand and build a brand that, you know, is kind of more tailored to, you know, our writers and our mechanics and our industry, our weekend warriors, anybody that uses tools, but be more specific, right? Yeah. More, um, moto, more moto, moto oriented. Exactly. So that's kind of my vision. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still growing obviously. And um, I've got a couple cool projects in the works and, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. We've talked a few few times about projects and things that are must-haves for, for the moto and the garage and your van and your motorhome. So I'm hoping to see what you come up with and bring that to light and you know, kind of give all of us some something that's really cool because we love our exhaust, we love our graphics, we love our you know aftermarket parts, but 
having a whole nice setup, a garage setup, a tool setup, the whole nine, like that's even that's next level too. So I know for me, especially like having somewhere to put my gear, having somewhere to put my tools and just having everything organized and neat is huge. So I'm excited to come up with, uh, see what you come up with on the DCMX this side on that side. Well, I think having the, the proper tools for any job that you're doing is important, you know, but yeah. especially for what we do, you know, we are, we are wheeling a 200 plus pound motorcycle around track with jumps, ruts, bumps, you name it. Right. Yep. And it's, in, it's imperative that our equipment is up to, to, to snuff, you know, and, and stuff's not falling off of it and things are tightened properly. So, um, you know, more so than ever, most of us have to get up the next morning and go to work. So it becomes a safety thing. And if you have the right tools for the job that you can rely on, you can know that, you know, your bike's not going to fall apart. Yeah. And it's almost one of those things where you take pride in it, right? So like you show up to the track, you check your air, you check your air pressure, you check your spokes, you lube your chain, you make sure all your bolts are tight. Like it's almost like when you roll to the track, you, you like having your gear look good. You like having your bike look good. It's almost like a pride thing. Like for us older guys, we don't care about getting trophies anymore. We care about looking good. So yeah. having all the right stuff is a uh, must have when you get over 30. Well, I think uh, that's, that's one of the challenges, right? Is people don't always know what they need or what they should have in their toolbox. I don't know how often. It's literally every time I go to the track, somebody asks me for a tire pressure gauge. Oh my it's God. like, yeah. come on, man. Like, you know, you are, you have a $10,000 motorcycle and you've got $5,000 with the aftermarket parts on it, but you don't have a tire pressure gauge. Yeah. Um, we're at the track that, today, that just stuff. a little backyard track. And my buddy's like, you got chain lube. I'm like, bro, did you not lube your chain last night? Yeah. Or at least bring chain lube with you. Like, holy shit. Yeah. So that's one of the, the cool the solutions that I'm working on is, is something turnkey for a consumer to show up at the track with and have everything he needs you know yeah i mean that's that's really neat and i think that's something that there's that hole in the industry right that we don't have anything like that like even in the western power sports book like it'd be so cool to go to a dealer and be like hey like here you go here is a must-have stocking item for all your you know when a guy's buying a bike and you know if he doesn't want exhaust well maybe he'll want some tools like it's one of those things to where there's avenues to where you can go down and seek that we're missing that in the industry. Like, you know, you have a few other companies out there, but um, they don't seem like they're doing a lot to reach out to dealers, right? Like they're just kind of focusing on like the Axel Hodges and like all those guys, Yeah. but they're not getting in the dealers. Like I feel like that would be a really cool item to have inside of a dealership. Like if people have the money, they'll buy it. It's, you know what I mean? It's, I think that's just me, but if you're buying a $600 helmet and all that and, and whatnot, I think you can, I think a toolbox is another cool idea to have inside of a dealership when someone's buying a bike. Just throw it on the financing. You know, it has all your tools in it. It has your bolts. It has your tire gauge. It has the whole nine, and you just load it up with your bike, brand new bike, and you're paying an extra $5 a month on your uh, finance bill. Exactly. And that's just it. And um, Like I said, I hope this solution – like actually what you said is there's a couple of companies that are doing it. And I guess I'll break the ice on what what we're doing is basically, you know, I have a solution that is a turnkey moto toolbox, foam cutouts, the whole nine yards, you know, um, that we're going to be pushing to the, to the public. And I've done them in the past. Um, but this is going to be a new, a newer style toolbox with some more stuff and so on and so forth. But yeah, this um, one is going to be one you don't have to worry about licensing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but the, the thing about it is that some of the other 
companies are not doing is, is, you know, these are just, these are just tool companies in general, right? And yeah. they come up with a quote unquote moto box. Like a basic well, one, but it's still missing stuff. It's still missing tons of stuff that we need. So, yeah. and you don't have to talk know, about it, Dan, if you don't want, like, let's keep, let's keep like the interest there. We got to keep the interest there. I don't want you to give out too much of the, what's, how cool this yeah. toolbox is. Cause you and I have talked about it, so I know about it, but I want to keep the listeners, you know, one of these days we'll do a podcast and we'll just, you know, when it's available, then we'll shout it out and tell you all the tricks and trannies. But, yeah. um, if you want to give just snippets, you can, but I don't want to give away the whole idea. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll, it'll basically, you could rest assured that when you show up to the track and you need something, it's in there. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, so. that that's going to be amazing. Like I told you the other day, I was like, "Hey, like I'm getting ready to buy this. What do you think?" You're like, "Dude, hold on. Like just hold on. Just keep, just wait. I got something coming." I'm like, "All right, cool. I'll wait." Um Yep. Cuz like I said, it's a uh, one of those things to where it's it's a good like I have a Sonic one now and I'm missing stuff all the time, but it's just so convenient with the foam and all that. So, I can't wait. Yeah. Cuz I'll tell you right now, yep. I'm I'm super not good at that kind of stuff. Like I bought one of those Pelican cases for my podcast equipment, like cut out foam, all that stuff. Dude, it's the jankiest <laughs> foam cutout I've ever seen in my life. Like I need well, to go get another one. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, the first one that I did, basically the prototype one, to see if all the tools would fit in the box and how to lay it all out, you know, I bought the foam and uh and I'm thinking, you know, this is just foam. It's this is gonna be easy, you know? It is very, very challenging to yes. cut the foam. Yeah, it's like you know, and, it, and it's very, it's very challenging to to make it look good. So, um, yeah, having that professionally cut foam is key for sure. Yeah, like I didn't know until I started looking into foam. Like I didn't realize like people CNC machine those things and like laser cut yeah. them. It's like a whole like industry. Like foam cutting yeah. is like a whole like income. I didn't know it was that it big, but it's like it's it's gnarly. Like it's crazy. That people make money out of cutting foam certain ways. My foam guy does foam for, you know, every everybody from like my toolboxes to the, the U.S. military. It's and everywhere in between. It's it's insane. Yeah, I yeah I never knew that was a thing. Like it's crazy how many oddball jobs are out there that you would never think twice about. You know what I mean? But they're out there. Yeah. There's always something. Like I knew a guy back in the day. He worked for a company that made all the little tiny tubes for hospitals. Like that's all his company did. There's like this hole in the wall in Santa Cruz. You never even know multi-million dollar company. And all they did all day was produce the like lines for IVs and all that stuff. Yep. Like insane. It's crazy insane. what kind of money is in just weird stuff, you know? Yeah. Like just random stuff. Yeah. Um, but kind of talking on that point though, like the tools and doing cool stuff, there's a guy out there that's semi fast on a dirt bike. He run, used to be number two, kind of a four time champ. You know, he's <laughs> decent. Uh, goes by the name of Ryan Villapoto. You did some stuff for him. How the heck did Ryan Villapoto get a DCMX toolbox? <laughs> so this is uh this is probably one of the wildest stories I have for sure. Okay. So I like you it. know when I started kind of reemerging back into the the scene, you know, and you know, Villapoto was the man, you know, 2011, 2012, you know, and I kind of idolize this guy. I mean, he's winning everything, Supercross titles, motocross titles, you know, MXDN, you know, winner. And he was like, he's the shit, you know, let's, let's just yeah, let's be real. Let's be shit. real. Yeah. And, uh, so one day I, I'm on Instagram and he had posted a, 
a, a picture of a, a competitor's toolbox. And it's just the caption was, it's time for a new race box. And, you know, I just, I, I took the leap of faith and I, I messaged him, I direct messaged him, you know, Hey Ryan, I'm Dan with DCMS and tools. I'm a, I'm, I sell this tool brand and uh, I'd love to help you out if you're interested. And I literally about crapped myself the next morning when I got up and I had a message from this guy and I'm like, <laughs> no way. That's right. And, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, you know, I'd love to see what you have to offer. And he says, here's my phone number. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, you know, I got Ryan Villa photos phone number. I know it sounds so corny and cheesy. Yeah. But, but I mean, we're all at the end of the day, dude, like we're all fans. Like, let's be real. Exactly. Like, we're all fans. You know? So, um, I'm like, and I was, I was, my, my knees were, and I'm pretty outgoing, and I really, I've never had a problem talking to people, but dude, I was nervous. That's like one of those things you to call them. Yeah, like that's one of those things where you write down like seven text messages and you keep deleting it. Okay, that doesn't sound right. All right, rewrite this. No, nope, yeah. that doesn't sound right. <laughs> like you're like, what do I say? And you're like, dude, it's just a normal dude, but it's like, like talking to a girl for the first time, you're just so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, amazing. um, so I called him up and I'm like, Hey, you know, um, this is what I can offer you. And he's like, Oh, hell yeah. You know, I've, I've got a list from, you know, one of the factory mechanics actually was, was big B, um, the truck driver for Cali. And, um, you know, he said he builds all the toolboxes for the, the Cali team. And this is the stuff that I need. So he sends it over to him and, and, uh, you know, and, and this is another funny part of the story. I'm thinking, okay, I'm in business and I need to make money. Like, do I give this guy a deal? You know? Right. Like, what <laughs> do I like, do? Okay. Now, what now what do I do? Like, it's Ryan Villapoto. He's a multi-millionaire. Like, he can afford yeah. it. But do I do this for the exposure or do I do this for a little bit of both? Give him a deal and exposure. Like, how do I work this? Yeah. So, um, I gave him a killer deal on it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I sent him a, a toolbox and it was full tools. And then he, he got the phone cut out for the toolbox because at that time I didn't have a supplier for the phone and everything. Yeah. And actually the guy that cuts my phone is, you know, Ryan introduced me to him. So, you know, that's just kind of cool how like kind of came for a full circle. A form, bit. Right. Yeah. So I built in this toolbox, badass, and it was a decent sized box. It was still one that you could pick up, but I mean, it was heavy. I mean, it was heavy. Right. And, um, he, you know, we stayed in contact, you know, every so often, every, you know, couple of months, I'd give him a call. Hey, Ryan, just checking in with you. Is there anything I can do for you, anything you need? And he was always, you know, super appreciative. Start talking about our kids, you know, just, and that's another thing is, is these riders, dude, they're just everyday people like us. And I think sometimes yeah. we forget that, yeah. but just the most totally down to person you could ever speak to. And, um, one day I called him up and said, Hey, Ryan, how's things going? You know, and, oh man, I'm glad you called. You know, um, I love my toolbox, but it's just too big and heavy. He says, I'm having trouble getting it from my garage to my van every time I want to go ride. Can you build me another toolbox for my van? So I've built Ryan two complete toolboxes and, um, he was kind of when I first introduced these moto boxes. He was the first one, um, you know, that we got the phone done for. And so in turn, Ryan Villapoto actually helped me build 
this project that I had dreamed of, you know, for years. Okay. And, uh, and it just kind of snowballed from there. It's just, it's just wild, man. Totally wild. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think like taking a leap of faith and then it all working out. Like you just never know. Like you said, it's, one of those things where you're just you're like you saw an opportunity you went for it, and that's kind of what we preached about on this show is is you always want to network you always want to you know try to introduce yourself and kind of build that brand um, even if it's yourself yeah. you want to build that you know brand of yourself and just always respect people and don't burn any bridges and stuff like that so we've always talked about that and like you said at the beginning of the show it's like you want to make those relationships and uh, it's not how good you are it's it's kind of who you know so. Um, I think that kind of goes, you know, longevity in our industry is a lot of times. You have to be, you have to be good though, too. I mean, you yeah, have you do to, for sure. You, I mean, you got to know yeah. what you're doing, but it's not like you have to be a superstar. Our industry is pretty yeah. accepting to where if you don't know something, then you can find out and learn. But if yep. you know the basics, then it's kind of one of those things to where um, getting your foot in the door is one of those things to the hardest part. But once you're in and you do all the right things, you're gonna go. You're the you're your uphill climb is just, you know what I mean? It's, it's yep. a lot more uphill than it is downhill, I should say. Yeah. So, so you know, that, that whole thing turned into, you know, hey, I'm going to give your phone number to Nick Way. Nick Way needs some tools. Hey, I'm going to give your phone number to, you know, this factory mechanic. And, you know, I've done a lot of business with most of the factory mechanics in the pits. You know, it's, it's, um, it's just mind-blowing, man. It's just it's mind-blowing. been very fortunate. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like I, I saw your logo was on the Chaparral team, so it looks like, or the, I don't know if it is this year, but it was a, last year, a couple of years ago. So, mm-hmm. um, it looks like you're trying to build that brand and grow it. Um, but like, like you just said, you did some stuff for the teams, but like, have you done anything recently, or like, who's another kind of? Because I know Daniel's pretty good friends with Eli Tomax mechanic and stuff. So, do those guys ever? Do you ever get advice on those guys? What kind of stuff you should put in the toolbox or? They ever send you pictures um, of like what their toolbox looks like? Because I'm always looking at that kind yeah. of stuff, seeing like how their toolboxes are set up. Yeah, a lot of guys have sent me pictures, you know, that I've asked for. You know, if I go to a Supercross round, um, I go with Daniel quite a few. I usually go, you know, three or four uh, rounds a year with him, and uh, he's been super good about introducing me to people. That way, it's not such a awkward cold call type deal. But yeah, um, you know, I'll go talk to these mechanics. But hey, you know, walk me through your toolbox. What you got going? And, and, um, you know, I get ideas from them. I give them ideas. Uh, a lot of times they have questions on, you know, hey, I'm using this, but I don't really like it. You know, what's an alternative? Um, and you know, just those small things, you know, turn into to big stuff, you know. It's, it's yeah. the smallest little, hey, I'm using this socket, but it just doesn't fit right, you know. It's, oh, well, you try using this. And then next thing you know, two weeks later, Hey, I need, you know, I need an impact gun. I need torque wrench and this and that. It's just crazy how the small stuff turns into the big stuff, you know, it's just all by taking care of guys. Yeah. And that's kind of what Darkside said on one of the episodes that we just recorded with him is him and Mathis kind of got closer after he gave Steve a iPhone cord to charge his phone. It's like just yeah. little things like it just, you know, just like I said, just kind of networking and being available and being helpful. It goes a long way. So um you know if it's loaning someone a tool or you know hey you know they're at the track and they need a tube you know it's just crazy like everything is an opportunity that if you ask me like you just never know what that person might need or who they might know or whatever like it's just it's it's crazy how big our industry is but how small it is at the same time 
And that's it. It's, it's really small. And it is big, but it's really small. And yeah. Doing what you say you're going to do is key. And if you can't do it, be up honest with somebody that you can't and why you can't or whatever it is. But just honesty, man. Honesty goes a long way. Yeah, I think so. I think it's one of those things like for me, that's kind of how I, I do my job every day is just try to give everybody the best customer service and um, make sure that, like you said, just if you're going to do something, try to do it. And, you know, we all you know, sometimes we forget or whatever, but we just got to be honest about it and say, Hey dude, like I dropped the ball on that, but I'll, I'm going to, I'm working on it right now. So, um, yep. Yep. and like you said, just be upfront and be honest. And I think a lot of people respect that. So, and that goes with any job, you know what I mean? It's we're human beings and stuff happens. So, um, like you said, just, just be upfront and, and do your best. That's all you can ask for. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so kind of moving on from that, you know, Villa Poto and stuff like that. Do you feel that, this is a, a way for you moving into the industry more. Do you want to do more stuff with the team side? Or are you trying to do more stuff with the consumer side? Like what's your overall goals? Do you kind of want to do everything? Like, you know, like you look at these brands, no toll, twin air, FMF pro circuit, like they're selling to the consumers they're selling to distributors they are selling to Rocky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so like your goals, what would you say is kind of like your, your checklist or your bucket list? Is it consumer dealer website? Like what, what's DCMX five year plan? My my goal, my ultimate goal is, you know, is to get in with the the consumer and the dealers. And um, I think to grow organically and to build the relationships with people, it has to be done at the consumer level. Um, I'll be honest with you, you know, I've done some sponsorships and stuff with some riders and teams and stuff, and and uh, you don't always get everything that you hoped out of it. Right. And, but I think when you are dealing with a consumer and you can give, you know, the one one customer service with the consumer, that goes a long, a long ways versus my logo on somebody's rig. Right. Yeah. So my goal is to get my product and my ideas and solutions in the customers and the consumer's hands, you know, and, by taking care of them, that's going to be the you know the, the the core of my business, and I'll still do business with you know the, the factory teams and the people that I have relationships you know still. But my main focus will be the consumer because they're the everyday weekend warriors. They're the, the guys that are showing up at the, the tracks that that either a don't have tools or b have tools that they don't need or want or use or. They've got, a, I don't know how many times I've seen it where a guy has got a hodgepodge bag of tools. Yeah. Has no clue what he's even in there. No, it's so, just um, crap everywhere. Like it, it's either a milk crate or yeah. uh, like an old igloo toolbox or whatever. Yeah. And that's, those are the guys that I want to help. And those are the guys that I want to make their life easier. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those are the guys that I want to be my business partners. Yeah, just, you know, when you go to the track, it's one of those things to where, like you said, you want to go there and see your stuff on the back of a tailgate and someone like, hey, I need a 12 meter, 12 millimeter ratchet. Okay, cool. Third drawer down over to the left. Like, you know exactly where it's at. It's easy to grab. And that just makes your bike work on your bike easier, too. Like, it's stressful when you're digging for like wrenches or sockets or whatever. And you're you got a a three eight socket, but you can only find a one quarter inch ratchet like it's so convenient right. when you know where your spots are at and same with torque wrenches and all that stuff. So I think yep. it's badass, dude. And I hope it, I hope it takes off and I'm definitely, uh, when the time comes, I'll for sure be getting one. So I'm excited to uh, get my hands on it. 
Yeah, and getting them into the dealers. You know, I mean, you're in the, you're in the dealerships every day, Justin. And, yeah. Um, it's important having the dealerships, and um, you know, it'd be important for me to make sure that you know the dealerships are aware of what's in the boxes and, and have some info so they can share that with the customers. You know, because mm-hmm. um, you you hit the nail on the head when a guy's buying a ten thousand dollar motorcycle. It's real easy just to go ahead and tack on a, a toolbox and it's going to change the guy's payment five bucks. And he's going to have everything that he needs to show up to the track. If he's got to change a tire or, you know, uh, tighten his steering stem nut or whatever it is, yeah. he has the confidence that he's going to have it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's key. Yeah, because let's be honest. When you buy a brand new bike, that thing needs to be uh, broke down anyways. So having the right tools for the job is a huge must because I'll tell you right now, I've never bought a factory bike that didn't need to be greased. Well, the, the one thing that, yeah, I mean, they all have to be. A, every bike that I get, they're dry as a bone, you know. So, um, But the other thing that is so important these days is torque wrenches. And yeah. nobody torques anything. And, and it's, like I said before, it becomes a safety issue because, you know, we're, we're riding these bikes hitting jumps we don't want stuff falling off the bike but you know the in today's world where the manufacturers are using different polycarbonate plastics carbon fiber um, different aluminum and everything has a torque spec and when we're when they're utilizing these different materials they're you know, some of them are exotic materials you have to make sure that the torque is properly set on these fasteners mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to have issues and um I see so many guys that have never torqued anything that don't torque anything, especially your suspension stuff. You know, uh, I failed. Classic example. I failed. Oh, classic example is guys, their suspension, their forks are harsh. Yeah. I don't know why forks are harsh. Well, maybe it's because you put an impact gun on the fork clamp bolt instead of torquing them proper. They're supposed to be at, on the X trigs. They're 15 newton meters. I just checked a buddy at the track the other day. He didn't have a torque wrench. He torqued them at home. And they were at like 40 newton meters. They were so oh, tight, damn. the bolts were about to break. And I'm like, dang, that's crazy. No wonder why your suspension sucks. Yeah. So yeah. I put a uh, new front, new front tire on yesterday. Or I didn't. I had a shop do it. But I put the wheel on and I was like, all right, I'll torque these in the morning. This was last night. I was like, I look up the torque specs and I'll torque in the morning because I don't have a service mail for Cowie. So I go on the website and I get off the website. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I totally did not torque my pinch bolts this morning. I've, you just reminded me. I need to do that. <laughs> See, um, but yeah, but you're totally right. It's like guys, you know, I don't know how many people I've seen with bolts falling out their bikes, and and everybody gives me flack because Kawasaki's are quote unquote known to be to use cheap hardware and they fall apart and this yeah. that. Justin, I'm I'm. This is the god's honest truth. I have never had a bolt fall out of my bike ever, ever. That's awesome. Knock on wood for some weird situation but you know because i go through the bike you know when when you go ride or you the night before you're going to go ride it's a good idea to take a to take an eight millimeter t-handle and just check all your plastic bolts so they don't fall it's a good idea to, to throw a torque wrench on your axle nut to make sure it's tight in your swing arm nut because you just never know yeah it's just a prep like i i'm bad about it like i need to do it more um because it's just it's just like you said, it's a safety thing. You know what I mean? When you have the confidence after you know you checked everything and you checked all those boxes, it, it's just it helps your confidence for sure. Um, yeah. Because like even today, like I know that I tightened the axle. I know I did that, but 
I don't. I probably look down three or four times a day just to look to make sure that I still had threads. Like you know, you just think about stuff like that when you after you work on a bike. You know, air filter. You put an air filter, yeah. and you're like, I put the air filter in right. Like so, it's always those those things that you you consider when you're working on it. And you know, I, I definitely understand what you're coming from on that side of it because. Like you said, we're going 60 miles an hour at some of these tracks and jumping 100 feet. So you want to make sure your bike is at tip-top shape. Yep. So um, speaking of going 100 miles an hour or 60 miles an hour, whatever it may be, um, we had the first round of Supercross yesterday. Um, I'm not going to lie. That first round, Houston, looked fairly easy. Like I wouldn't have jumped anything. But for a professional athlete, that looked like a fairly easy opener track. Yeah. I think that was done on purpose. Of you know, course, they want to yeah. give these guys a little bit of uh, confidence going into the season. They don't want to, you know, put a track out there that could potentially take guys out this early and you know, trying to get their feet wet. I, I think, but the whoops I noticed were considerably smaller than they have been in years past. Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, they were one of those things when you're jumping a wall jump into whoops. You, that tells you right there that they're not that big. Because nobody yeah, yep. in their right mind would send a wall jump into whoops. Like, no. Yeah. No, that's key. There wasn't a lot. And there wasn't a lot to separate the guys on the tracks as far as obstacle wise. I mean, most no. guys were were doing the same lines. And um, it, it, I honestly didn't think that the track raced that well, if you want my opinion. Yeah, that's why we have it on the show. We want we want that feedback. I mean, the only thing that separated people was Barsha and Roxon quadding after the finish line. Um, yep, exactly. and Roxon almost died in the heat race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Homer was going in the nets. <laughs> I did too. And I honestly, when he, when he came up a little short there, I'm like, okay, well that's it. If he's in the main event, if he's behind Barsha again, Barsha's going to surprise hit that quad every lap. I didn't think Kenny would. And I was actually very surprised to see Ken quality that in the main event no he knew he because you could tell barsha was separating at least a second when he was doing it like kenny saw it yeah he knew I, and honestly i'm surprised barsha pulled it off in front of kenny like he should have saved that to the main event i mean granted he still won but still like yeah i'm surprised he didn't say that to the main event and and you know make kenny do it in, in the main it's funny because Barsha did it one time in qualifying and then and then didn't do it again. So I think okay, that was, was like the little weapon that he had. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, did you hear what happened on the uh, parade lap to Sexton? Yeah, I guess he crashed. Yeah, twice. <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah. Like I don't know if that had anything to do with his result. I mean, he didn't get off the gate, and he also had that crash. But still, it's uh, that's pretty crazy to to crash on the parade lap. Hey, what's your take on Sexton? Because I picked him to win Daniel, H one. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you, okay, you and okay, Daniel need okay. your head inspected. Okay, so I I picked Barsha two weeks ago. Like I told my dealer, they're like, "Hey, who's gonna win?" I'm like, "Barsha's gonna win." But then I heard about Sexton at Stewart's house, and I was like, "Dude, I just heard about Sexton. Him and Kenny were trading at Stewart's. Honda was there, and Sexton just mopped up Kenny, like mopped him up. Kenny was not pumped." So I was like, all right, Sexton's riding good. Like, it's going good. And then, no, we saw what happened. Kenny came out swinging. So I, I was high on the, But I picked Barsha two weeks ago. Like, my dealer even called me Saturday night. He's like, dude, like, I can't believe you called that. I'm like, I honestly, to be honest with you, I changed my mind. I didn't think he was going to pull it off. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I picked Chase. 
um, in my my bet tonight with some buddies. He's like, dude, really? I'm like, yeah. I I just didn't think I didn't think Justin was going to pull it off, but he did. I, I think Chase is awesome, and I think he's going to be awesome. But I'm just not as high on him as like Daniel is. I just I always remind myself that I think personally, and I might be a little biased because I'm an AC fan, but I think AC has got more raw speed than Chase, and AC didn't win one last year. Yeah, and I think it's probably going to take Chase, and I might my words, and I hope I am because I hope I do because I, I like Chase Sexton, but I think it's going to take him a year to to play ball with the with the guys up front. Maybe. I mean, some people thought that, and then he came out and won out. I mean, granted, it was the last round of the outdoors, and the title was already kind of wrapped up yeah. a little bit. But I, I knew AC was going to be good, but I know he's still fighting that elbow. So I, I wasn't. He actually did a lot better than I thought he was going to do. You know what I mean? I didn't expect him to be on the podium this weekend. So, um, which he wasn't, but he was right outside. I mean, he got fourth, so he was yeah. right there. So, with his, with what I've been hearing, and you know him saying that twenty minute motos have been a little tough. So. Um, I was pumped. I think that was a good. For, I think he was pumped on it too. So, yeah. But there's there's a lot of season left, and yeah, dude, um, it's I, crazy. I think he's gonna be okay. I'm, I'm a little concerned with his counterpart, to be honest. But we'll see. I think everybody. Like, I guess there's, I haven't looked yet, but I guess there's already a vital threat. Just smashing him. Just smashing Tomac. Like, just, I gotta stay off vital. I, I I try to stay as off vital as much as possible because. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much of you there. It's hard to read I, some of the comments. You just can't give up that many points in the first round. I mean, granted, we're at the first round. There's a lot of season left, a lot of races left. But yeah, but now he's got he's got to climb now. Like he's got such a hole already. Yeah, and the the field is stacked. It's going to be harder than it ever has been to make up those points. And I'm just nervous, man. He's Gotta figure those starts out. I just don't understand why his starts are so terrible every race. I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, dude, like thirteenth for Tomac, fourteenth for Sexton, fifteenth for Anderson, ninth Cooper Webb, tenth Osborne. I mean, those guys should have been up front. Like that just shows you how stacked the class is. I mean, Justin Brayton doing it with a six. I mean, that's impressive. Um, oh, Malcolm, I knew yeah. would be good. I knew Malcolm would be good, but to come out swinging first round top five, like that's awesome. Dylan to be injured or not injured, but not all the way healthy seventh. But like you said, dude, like Tomac didn't get off the gate. Osborne didn't get off the gate. Osborne was twenty first on the lap lap two, and he worked all the way up to tenth. Yeah. So I mean, if he would have got a start, we would have had a whole probably a whole different main event. Um, but you know, it sounds cliche, but we say it every weekend. Starts are huge in this class right now. It is, and I don't think uh, you know Roxon and 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 uh, Cincerillo, I think are your probably your two best starters in the field. And the only thing that I have questions on about Roxon is just his health and um, how he's going to hold up. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you got you got rounds that are damn near back to back, right? Is he going to have enough time to recover? I don't know, you know, and I need to see four or five, but I think honestly, the way he looked at H one, I think Rockson is the guy to beat this year. I, I, I mean, I picked Cooper to win the title, um, but ninth, I did too. Ninth in the first round is going to be again. He's in a hole, and then Justin, dude, if he gets start, he did not have a bad start uh, Saturday night. His his heat 
came out of the gate swinging. His main came out of the gate swinging. So if he's as comfortable on that bike as he's saying he is, dude, and he stays healthy, we could have a 2010 Justin Barsha, 2009, whenever he won the title on Geico 250s, where he's just straight mopping up everybody. Well, I think I think Barsha definitely, uh, the bike is a much better fit for him than the Yamaha. And yeah. uh, he seems really happy about where he's at, but um, we, we've kind of seen this before, you know. I mean, he was happy with the Yamaha beginning of the season last year was, you know, and then it kind of fell apart. So yeah, uh, maybe this is just some different scenery. It's a completely different bike. I would love nothing more than to see the 09-2010 Justin Barsha. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, with last night, there was a lot of flat corners, right? And that bike's known to work good in flat corners. Um, so we'll kind of see how that develops. I don't know how rough the track got. I wasn't there, so I don't know how rutted it was. But, I mean, it's going to be good, dude. So I'm excited. But for you also, do you think the 250 class was what you expected? I mean, I knew Christian was going to be good. I picked him to win the title. Um, so I knew he was going to be good. But before I kind of ask you about all that stuff, Max Volan's handguards. What's the story? Like, you like him, you don't like him? I think it's sick. But I love how how Daniel tagged Vincent today in this story. Like, I love it. Oh. Well, did you hear that? Did you listen to the, the main event oh, yeah. show last, last week? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vincent was not pumped debate. on the handguards. Yeah, so I text TJ, which is Max's mechanic, yeah. and asked him, I said, hey, is Max running handguards this year in Supercross? He said, you bet your ass he is. And yeah, that's, his, that's his signature. And that, here's, here's the thing. Here's my take on it. I am not a handguard fan. I don't like the way they look. Um, I don't ride trails and off-road stuff. So I'm just – my buddy uses them because he swears they keep his hands warm when yeah. it's cold. I don't know if that's true or not, but – I'm not a fan, but I like it for Max because, like you said, that is his signature. It's yeah. like Travis Pastrani used to run. If that's Max's thing, dude, I'm all for it. I think it's sick. I like it. I think it was Daniel. He's like, dude, if I'm coming to the gate, I'm going to hit somebody with one. Like, just kind of get like, get out of my way, bro. So, Vincent is not about it at all. No, he hates it. It's hilarious. I get him riled up. I'm like, bro, how's the handguards? <laughs> He's dude, easy. So I, I poked I, the bear, dude. It's so fun. I put a post out. Uh, I don't know if we posted yet. Anyhow, I got. I have a. I have a poll coming. Whether or not the listeners uh, like the handguards or not, so it'll be curious. It'll be interesting to see yeah. what the uh, the result of that is. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I like it. I'm in. So, but I mean, dude, first 250 race, like he he rode good, really good. I I think I don't think you can expect any more. You know, from he's super super young. Um, Fairly new to that that 250F, he has not been on a 250F that long, and I think he did killer. I think he did an awesome job, and he's only going to get better. And I had a a buddy today said, "Well, look at some of the riders that you know that he finished in front of. They're you know quote unquote no names, but you know you got like guys like John Osby, John Short, um, Thomas Doe from France. He's he's a good rider, you know." Yeah. You got some pretty talented riders behind him, but I, I I don't think you can expect any more. I mean, the, the 250 class is stacked, in, in especially on this coast, and I would say that's that's about what I expected. You know, eight to ten is what I expected out of Max. Yeah, no, I think so. it was good. Like for him to 
be on the bike for only a couple months and I mm-hmm. honestly I honestly liked how they brought in Ian from KTM under the box and kind of talked about him. I hope they do that more. Um and talk yeah. to some team managers. I thought that was really cool how they did that. What did you think about the uh this kind of a little bit off topic, but yeah, yeah, you're good. what did you think about the the pr- the production last night? Um Dude, Ricky's been practicing. I think he's definitely improved. Dude, I, I, think I definitely texted improved. somebody, I'm like, I think we're going to have the best Ricky in the booth that we've ever seen. Like, yeah. he was giving some really good knowledge. He was really uh, providing some insight that I thought was really cool. And just overall, just the way he was kind of helping the show flow, he didn't have to toss it back to Lee or Lee didn't have to pick up, you know what I mean? He didn't have to do any of that stuff. And I feel like Ricky really held his own in the booth yesterday. What about Race Day Live? I thought the, the Race Day Live uh, presentation. I, I I miss Jim Holly. Jim. Yeah, yeah. You can't. He's one Jim. of the nicest guys in the world. But yeah. I thought the production. I thought it was a lot more professional, and I, I actually really liked it. Can you provide any inside knowledge, or do you have to keep that to yourself? And if you do, I understand. But do you have any inside knowledge on why? Because there's a lot. Of, they didn't say why Jim didn't call back. So, um, um, if you can't provide, I it's actually, okay. I know you know. So if you can talk on it, but if you can't, I got it's. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I, I I think that there's a lot of I, I don't know for sure, but okay. I do know that there's a lot of changes, you know, within NBC in the way that they wanted things, yeah, and um, uh, in the way that NBC partnerships with Feld, and I think yeah. I think that Jim might have been a Feld employee. Um, gotcha. You know, NBC NBC really calls the shots, and yeah. whether you're a Feld employee or or an NBC employee, you know, it's whatever the the network wants, and you know that's that's yeah. why you see Lee Diffie and Tom Harris will be sharing the booth with Ricky this year. Um, NBC employees, it's they're they're NBC employees, and and you also got to remember, you know, with the whole COVID nineteen thing, things are so different. Budgets yeah. have changed, you know, and and Todd Harris and um, Lee were already employed by NBC. Ralph never was. Ralph was just basically yeah, he's a, um, brought in for Supercross. Contractor. So it probably, yeah, it probably made sense money-wise um, for them. But yeah, I'll be honest. I I I actually miss Ralph as much complaining and. <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't it funny, dude? How our industry works, right? Like everybody's just hates, 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 and then you take it away, and then they hate even more. It's like you guys are never pleased at all. Like, yeah, it's, it's funny how that happens. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is people that are happy. But for the most part, the hate comms that Ralph used to get and still got last year. And then he's gone. And then people are like, no, like we miss Ralph. It's like, dude, 12 months ago, yeah. you were hate, saying he was the worst thing in the booth. And now you miss him because this guy's not an American or whatever. Or you don't know him. So it's like it's funny how that happens in our sport. And I feel like that's the only sport. Uh, motorsports where that happens, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there was serious hate on Ralph. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Ralph got death threats. And those same people this year are, you know, probably sending the messages: "We love you, Ralph. We want you back." It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's the craziest thing ever, right? But yeah, I, mean, I, I actually miss, I miss Ralph's voice. It's, it's some of the stuff that he had said is yeah. not always up to par, but. Just that excitement, you know that that yeah. That first gate drop, the first good. gate drop last night was you could tell like Lee was caught off guard on the first gate drop. 
the heat totally. race. Like, did you notice yep. that? Like yeah. he wanted Here to say something, but he didn't know. Like it wasn't it wasn't like Ralph. Like Ralph had yeah. good he was good at opening the show. Like very good at yeah. opening the show. Anyhow, sorry to sorry to uh, derail the topic. But... No, I like that's what we want, dude. We want that. Like I've that, that I mean? was on the tip of my brain. No, no, you're good. Like, anything like that. That's what we need on the show. Like that's how we have that's why we're kind of taking a different approach to podcasts. Like we can talk about racing, we can talk about all that, but there's a thousand shows that are going to talk about Houston one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yep. and with you being friends with Daniel, you kind of know a little bit more behind the scenes stuff. So it's, it's cool. Like if you could shed light on that stuff, it's, it's awesome. If you can't, I totally understand too. Um, but it's one of those things to where if you, if you do hear that, some, some stuff like that, it's, it's good. That's what I like. I like to bring that behind the scenes. Look, that's why we had mechanics and riders and not riders, but athlete yep. gear guys. Like that's what the show's about is kind of more behind sure. the scenes stuff, more silent hero type shit. I love it because that's, you know, I, 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 I tell Daniel that all the time. And, you know, the way that Main Event Moto is formatted is a little bit different, you know, because he wants to cover the racing and stuff. But I think it's cool what you're doing because a lot of guys, you know, they want to hear the behind the scenes stuff. They want to hear from mechanics and things like that. And I think it's rad what you're doing. It's, it's, that's what people really, truly want to hear because it's so different. Yeah, no, for sure. I appreciate that. It means a lot for sure. So I hope we do a good job. Like I said, I'm still learning. We're only 12 episodes in and I'm having a lot of fun. And um, with that being said, I'm huge. I'm really thankful for our sponsor, Spot Network TV. Um, check those guys out on the Spot Network app. You can download this show there. Also, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Motion Pro, and Scott Goggles. A huge thanks to those guys. If you hadn't chan- had a, haven't had a chance yet, check out the new Scott Prospect um, Limited Edition Pro Circuit, 30-year anniversary. Um, I know you don't wear Scott, Dan, but you have to admit, I know you're a Cowie guy. That goggle's pretty sick. It is. And I, and I probably will get some Scots. I was, uh, I was pretty loyal to Oakley. One of the reasons, cause I was an actually an Oakley dealer, um, okay. when I was uh, selling tools on, on my truck, um, I sold Oakley sunglasses and, uh, I actually really like the air brake goggle. I think it's a good goggle, but yeah. I do want to try some Scots. Sure. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where once you try them, you'll really, really like them. Um, it's kind of like, you know, when you change helmet manufacturers, it was hard for you to change. But I think once you change, you're like, man, this is actually a really good helmet. So, yeah, um, you know, it's one of those things where for me, like I run an FMF, so I won't run the goggle. Um, sorry, guys. I know I'm one of those weirdos like that. But um, dude, thank I'm God. Def- are you, I'm definitely are getting a collectible, collectible pair for sure. So you're just like me, dude. I, I can't. I can't mix and match. It's, no, I no. can't do it. Like I saw, I heard Kiefer uh, on the last episode uh, apologize to everybody because he realized that he was kind of being a dick and telling people to not mix match or whatever. And I get it. You know, I, I get where he's coming from. He wants everybody to, the, the main goal for us in the industry is just to have people riding, right? But I guess it's just that persona that we've had growing up. It's like if you wore your jersey to the races or if you wore fly with Fox, like, all your friends, you know, would talk shit. So you just kind of fell in line. Right. But it's one of those things to where I, I it's hard for me to do it, dude. Like I can't, I just can't do it. I can't wear, no. I can't wear Fox. Well, I can't now, but you know, even before I couldn't wear Fox with, with uh, a different company or wear a, a fly helmet with whatever. Like it's just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I think it's just the way I was brought up with all the people I grew up with. Like, you know how it is, dude. When you go to the track and you got six buddies, yeah. you're gonna get tore apart as soon as, as soon as you get out of the truck. Hundred um, percent. And that's with anything. That's like like, the, I, it's sorry. Go ahead. 
I want to try a fly helmet, dude. I want to try one of those formula helmets. I think it looks good. Yeah. I know that they're super safe, you know, but dude, I can't. Yeah. I can't wear a fly helmet with Fox gear. It doesn't, but you know, like I wear a 6D now. I was wearing Fox helmets. Um, I wanted to try something different. Um, and I've worn Bell, but those are like, like 6D and Bell. Those are like a helmet company, right? So, I feel like it's okay to yeah. mix like that kind of stuff. Same you with know? Alpine Star. If you wear an Alpine Star helmet with Fox gear, but you can't be wearing an Alpine Star okay. helmet with Fox boots. Like you have to make up your mind. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> but dude, absolutely. I do that even with bikes too. Like I remember one time our buddy had an FMF pipe, right? And he had PC suspension and he came to the track and he was all pumped. We're like, dude, we're like sick, dude. PC suspension with an FMF pipe. Just killing it. Like we were dicks. <laughs> Like, or or the guys there was a guy today at the track that had uh, that had Troy Lee gear on with yeah. a fox hat, just a fox ball cap, and I'm like, dude, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You no. got to get either fox gear or a Troy Lee hat. Like it doesn't work. Yeah, it's bad. You look dude. stupid. Like we when I came home from Hangtown, I just showed up and like they were giving me shit because like full factor. Show up rental car, unload my gear bag. Kobe Leonard brought me a bike. I unload. Fox, I got a Monster Cali team hat, I'm wearing it all. And then we go to Chipotle, right? And I pull out a rock star, a rock star out of the ice chest. And I knew Kobe was there and, and Corbin Hayes were there. So I was like, fuck these guys. I'm taking off my monster hat because I'm about to drink a rock star because they, they're going to blow me out if I'm drinking a rock star with a monster hat on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just knew it. So, oh, yeah. I think it's just, just how, we're, how we're bred, I guess. Um, you but, know what, though? It, that, that, that's loyalty, though, honestly. Yeah. That's loyalty and being brand loyal and truly believing in a brand or what you're wearing or what you ride or whatever. I, I think that's just, for me, that's just how I am. I'm super loyal. and Yeah. Um, well, I think it goes back to awareness too, right? Like even growing up at 15, 16, 17 years old when I was getting into the industry – I went to Parts Unlimited shows, and I went to Fox shows, and I went to Tuckeraki shows. I didn't show up to those shows with other people's brands. Like, yeah. I would always get annoyed when people would do that. Like, they would go to a Supercross race and get into the Parts Unlimited hospitality, and they're wearing an answer t-shirt or jacket. Yeah, It's like, I get it. Like, that's your brand. But these guys are paying lots of money to provide you a free food. The least you can do is have a little respect and wear one of their brands if you're going to come exactly. and eat their food and eat, <laughs> take their drinks. Yep, and I think that's kind of what helped me get in the industry too. Like a lot of those guys take notice of that, and it's just, it's just a respect thing. You know what I mean? I get it. You want to support your brand and stuff, but it goes back to what you said. It's just being honest, being upfront. You know, it's just, it's all, it all goes noticed. Like Tony Archer's on the show, and he he made a good point. He's like, Skip Norfolk told him, he's like, whenever you think somebody's not looking, they are. So yeah. Um, I thought I thought that was really cool that he said that because it, it's true. It, it's really true. Hey, and here's and here's something that I learned a long time ago. Also, it it don't matter if somebody's looking or not. That's what that's what good integrity is about. Yeah, you know, having good integrity is what you do when somebody's not looking. Yeah, and that's don't what do it because you're gonna you get apart. a prize for it. Exactly, that's what sets you apart from the, the competition and 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 every everybody else in life. You know. Yeah. Yep. I no, I agree for sure. It's uh, I think that's what shows your character to somebody and what helps you get you know the next foot forward or that foot into the door that you never thought would happen. Um, 
because that person saw that and he told that person and that person is the owner or the CEO of this company. So, yeah. Um, you never, like, again, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to run into or whatever. You never know what opportunities are around the corner. So always, uh, live life to like what I, not to the fullest, but I guess you could just say the fullest. Um, I don't mean to sound cliche, but, um, anyways, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I suck at trying to use big words. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the 250 class, you think Craig wins this title or what? Like. Do you think last night was he over aggressive with RJ, or do you think he did that to show his dominancy? Uh, is dominancy a word? Um, dominancy, yeah, I think it's a word. Out of uh, out of the gate, dude. You want to hear the craziest thing? Is I didn't even have Craig on my radar for really. I knew he was. Gonna yeah, be good, I guess dude. I'm, I just. I guess I had I'm a stupid. feeling. Um, but what I see, I don't think he was too aggressive with with RJ because. Yeah. There was very minimal places to pass on the track. We kind of talked about it before. Yep. It was pretty follow the leader. And if you had to make a pass, it had to be aggressive. And I don't think it wasn't, he didn't slam him. It wasn't too aggressive. I do no, know he that. He gave him some room. Yeah. Um, in the heat race, I believe it was that um, uh, when they kind of came together. Yeah, that one was a little uh, bit harder than the one in the main, for sure. Yeah, it actually, it actually, twice. Uh, RJ's finger open oh, and did. they glued it shut and then in the main event they you know glued shut for the main event on the uh, on the site lap the glue popped and oh, crap yeah so he had an issue before the gate even dropped and then he, after the race he required seven stitches in his finger oh there um, you go folks some insider knowledge from uh, Dan the man yeah, so I like but it. I don't think it was I don't think it was uh too aggressive. Uh but I will say that I from what I seen last night, I think Craig is the guy to beat. I, yeah. I was honestly it was a toss up for me between Forkner and Jet for okay. a title. Um yeah. but I oh, so you're going you thought Jet was gonna be a little more aggressive, huh? I I yeah you were, you were I high did. on the jet train. I, I am, and I still am, but I think he's got some learning to do still. Uh, he's yeah. still really young. Mm-hmm. As far as pure talent, I think he's the most talented guy in the 250 class right now as far as super cross skills. He reminds me a lot of uh, Josh Anthony. Yeah, just super just, good flow, just doesn't yeah. look like he's trying. But like you kind yep. of mentioned something where he's still got a lot of learning. Did you notice that he was scared to triple next to somebody Like if it was like a – not next to him like that, but there was a few times where he didn't triple after the finish line. Like you go finish line, those rollers left and then yeah. triple. There was a few times he doubled that because I feel like he was timid to kind of to triple next to somebody like in in that race, that really race scenario. Like I'm, I may not be explaining that the right way, but when him and when Colt, was, when Colt got it by him, he yeah. easily should have jumped that triple, but he didn't. He, I yelled at my TV. What are you doing? Yeah. So I think like, that kind of goes back I, to what you're saying, just being more like learning, kind of getting more mature on the racetrack. Yeah. Um, I think that the bike for Craig, uh, and I want to, I want to make a public apology to Will Hahn. I was pretty <laughs> harsh about the Yamahas everybody on was. the main event show. Yeah. Everybody and was. I'm just, I'm not a huge Yamaha fan. I never have been. Um, yeah. But the, their star bikes, 
250s always look good, but the 450s actually look good as well. Yeah. Um, but that seventh, I think, for them. Yeah, I think it's solid. You know, for for that in the 450 class for that bike, but yeah. the Star Yamaha 250 has always been the cat's meow, right? And I think that I think it was a huge bump for Craig. I and I, and I was one of the critics on Christian Craig because I thought Christian Craig, you know, Leopard doesn't change his spots. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, solid guy, you know, gets good finishes, kind of been riddled with injuries here and there. Um, but I truly believe that this program and that bike is this, a significant bump for Christian Craig. And I do think he wins the title. So let me ask you this. We're five years later, right? So the bike's better. Technology's mm-hmm. better for the 250F side. Does Jeremy mm-hmm. Martin get a couple wins or maybe a title this year on Supercross? I I think Jeremy Martin wins the Supercross title. I think Jeremy Martin wins the outdoor title oh, easily shit. in outdoors. Really? Yeah. Outdoors, yes. I think it's Supercross. I was. St- I'm still not on that train yet. You got well, Justin Cooper, I mean, who- and then you got um, Jordan Smith. I don't think will be that great. I want him to do good, but I feel like he's going to have issues. Like I don't. I haven't seen that guy complete a series yet. So yeah, it's um, been pretty rough. Yeah, so I think I think he's going to battle his teammates. Is just I think Justin Cooper is going to be the one to beat in that class. See, and for me, Justin Cooper, I've never been high on Justin Cooper. I just kind of think he is what he is. Yeah, um, he may win a race or two, but I, I just he hasn't really he hasn't really done anything yet for you. He hasn't, yeah. and you know, Jeremy Martin. Has not done a ton of Supercross either, right? You know, but um, Jeremy Martin's an animal outdoors. And if you look at if you look at uh, Justin Cooper, he kind of does the same thing outdoors as he does in Supercross. You know, pretty solid, but nothing that really blows your mind. Yeah, and but we can I agree think, the East Coast is more stacked than the West Coast. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's not even close. Okay. I honestly didn't expect Craig, Forkner, and uh, Jim yeah. Lawrence to be on the same toast. Yeah, that surprised me too. You know, so um, I was a little, I was a little shocked by that. And honestly, I, I, I was, I, I kind of thought that Colt Nichols would be on the West Coast as well. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, dude, that's that's their two top riders. I mean. I think you should have put Christian and Justin, or maybe Justin and Thrasher. I don't know. Like they got, I think those are two really good dudes that should have been on separate coasts. I kind of agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna um, be interesting. So we'll see. I, I don't know, man. I, it's gonna be good. I'm excited for Tuesday, class, and, that's, and that's what's cool. I want to see Porter do good. I mean, he really. He really needs to capture this title this year, um, and so does Christian Craig, uh, because I think those two guys are going to be the last year in two fifty. Okay, um, Forkner for sure, and he's got to prove that he can get one of these things. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think uh, if Craig does well or if Jeremy does well, AP's last year is this year at Yamaha. So who does he, they rehire? AP does AP leave? Like. There's a lot, you know, Marvin's last year is this year. So could Marv, could AP go with Cooper? Because Cooper and AP are really good friends. So could AP yeah. go to 
KTM and and Marvin's gone. Like there's this year, I think is a big year for a lot of guys, for sure. It is. I mean, uh, and I mean, I love AP. I, I think he's probably one of the best personalities in the field. But yeah, um, and and I and I just man, here I go again. I don't want to bash the Yamaha too hard, but I just don't think the bike <laughs> that four fifty fits Plessinger. I think I think he would get a bump on something else. Yeah, the track record's not good for the Yamaha four fifty. It, it's not, and you know, I, I think he maybe he needs a he needs a fresh program and in a different bike. I, yeah. I truly believe that. I, I think Mookie will do good on that bike um, because I think that bike fits him a little bit better. Yeah, more style. But yep. I said it on the main event show. I think Mookie was better off on the Honda. What you know, did we'll Mookie, see if I'm, I'm, I'm right or wrong. finish last year in Supercross? Let's see here. Uh, standing. So Mookie got seventh last year. So we'll see what happens overall. Overall. So we'll see how he ends up this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, oh, Plessinger was 11th last year in points. So that's that's pretty Not, nutty too. Yeah, and it's just, it's going to be worse for those guys this year, unfortunately. I, yeah, you know, I think uh, I honestly think Aaron getting an eighth this weekend was was kind of an anomaly. I I, I don't see him backing that up again. He looked you good know? in the heat. Did you, I mean he looked good? Yeah, in the heat he race. did. So we'll see. Yeah. A happy Aaron could be dangerous for sure, but we thought we would see a happy. Um, Jason Anderson too, and for some reason, man, I don't, I don't know if he just didn't get off the gate or what, but it just uh, there were some haters last night saying that 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 California layback program might not be working for the old JA. Yeah, I somebody asked me the other day if, if I thought JA would get another title, and I I said I I don't even think it's, I don't even think he comes close. I think his program is pretty loose and. Um, which is crazy because, you know, what we heard from several guys that have been riding with Jason, he is absolutely shredding at the track, you know. Yeah. But um, when you're at the test track by yourself riding around, it's easy to do things that you cannot get away with doing in a race setting. And, you know, he rides with a lot of engine braking. He doesn't use a lot of brakes. You know, he's real smooth at the test track. Well, you can't ride that way in a race setting. You got to use your brakes. You got to use the clutch. You got to, you know, because you have somebody in front of you, you're behind you. You know, it's, yeah. you can't ride like that. So, um, and I honestly think that he just wants to have fun. I, I just don't see him as super driven for another Supercross title. Look how miserable he was when he won the title. Right. You know. Yeah, like he he said the hardest part was doing all the media shit after. Um, yeah, I mean so. Uh, but I will say, like, I know people that are close to him and he's putting in the work. Like he, that dude grinds, like he's got a program. Like he wakes up a certain time. He does his stuff. He goes to bed at a certain time. And it's like that every day. Like people that, like I said, that are really close to him say that he's no joke, um, when it comes to his program. But I think it's one of those things, like you said, though, when you're not racing against other guys, like we saw this year, you know, Yamaha was doing sprints with the whole team. We saw, um, the Alden Baker, they were doing sprints with their guys. So it's like, and he might be too. We just didn't see that much of it. So hopefully he gets with some guys and he trains and gets that race pace down. But um, I think that's going to be huge for the next 
I think Alden's changed that whole dynamic. You know, Ricky changed the game in training, but I think Alden's making everybody now realize that you need to be doing race pace during the work week. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, I wonder how, you know, Bobby Hewitt is not with Husky anymore. You know, and Bobby Hewitt was a huge believer in Jason Anderson. I think he was a good mentor uh, mentally for Jason Anderson. And with him not under the tent, I wonder if that's going to affect him a little bit, you know? Definitely a possibility. Um, so we'll see. You know what I mean? There's uh, there's rumors too. Bobby wants to wants to come back. So we'll see. Uh, hmm, interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, with with Rockstar on another deal. I don't know. I Pulp kind of dropped something the other day or a while back, and then somebody else told me that's in the industry um, that knows that program over there that. So I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not going to spread any rumors or start any rumors. You know what I mean? But. Just yeah. like I said, I, I've I've heard some stuff that, and if it did happen, it wouldn't be for like a year or two. Like it's not like he's going to come back right away. Like if it right. happened, it'd be like twenty twenty two or whatever. So, um, right. but you know how this industry is. It's uh, it's all rumors. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. hate, oh, yeah, I hate the speculations. I will say it was cool to you see uh, Jet Lawrence running factory connection stickers on his on his Honda though. I thought that was cool that they still. Oh, I, did, I didn't catch that. Yeah, he was running factory connection stickers on his on his uh, HRC Honda. Interesting. I thought so they must. Cool. I wonder if they're still helping, helping out the 250 guys. And I would assume that they probably are because they've got a lot of data and everything still. That yeah, a lot of know, guys HRC left the team and went have. over there. You know what I mean? Like the team yeah. managers over there, the engine guys over there. So I right. mean, a lot of people are over there from the Geico team. So, um, yeah, I thought that was neat. I actually texted somebody. I was like, dude, I want these fork stickers. So I'm getting those made right now because <laughs> they look sick. <laughs> You have factory um, connection suspension, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, good. Yeah, this, Cam, I you, have, can't, you can't mix match, you know, even that stuff. Dude, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was going to do a full <laughs> PC build, right? Like, sick PC build. Got with my girl at PC, Camilla. Like, she's awesome. Um, yeah. And I was at Loretta's, and FMF Joel was like, dude, what are you doing for the new bike? I'm like, I don't know yet. I think I might go PC. He's like, heck no, go, go get you a pipe out of the rig. I'm like, okay. So, and that changed my whole build. So then I had to take my suspension to factory connection and rookie got me all hooked up. And like, so like the whole build went from full PC, everything to now FMF pipe, FC suspension, X trig clamps, where before it was going to be PC clamps, PC suspension, PC pipe, like, you know, PC clutch cover, PC water pump. And now it's all, it's all mixed up. Henson cover, buoyance and water pump. Like it's not anything like it was supposed to be just because I put an FMF you, pipe on there. Did you beef up that subframe now for the exhaust? Uh yeah, they gave me that new one. Uh, the F, F, the F, new, is it rubber mounted? I have not rubber mounted it yet. I was Ooh, I'm rubber mounted. To, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed you, to, but I haven't done it yet. You'll break. You'll break that thing even with that. Even with that mount. I know that's you. what I've heard. I know I need to rubber yep. mount, rubber it, but I don't go off any jumps. Ask, I'm too fat for that shit. Oh, I know. <laughs> Lodermeyer breaks everything though, dude. That guy can freaking. Dude. He's the roughest individual I've ever seen on anything. God, dude, like Fox has the and best the test rider kid. they could ever have with that guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is hard on equipment. Him and freaking uh, Brian Roth are both <laughs> rough on equipment. Yeah, I, um, I don't get it. And Brian's tiny too, you know. Yeah, it's like how can such a small guy be so hard on stuff? I love it. <laughs> God, I miss I miss NorCal. I'm not gonna lie, but Tennessee's good, dude. Like it's. Uh, a lot more laid back, and like I said, it's it's nice going to restaurants and 
be able to go to Bass Pro Shop and buy a gun in 15 minutes and walk out with it. So, well, that may change for you, brother. I know, right, dude? Freaking a, it's yeah. gonna be gnarly to see. And that's what's mm-hmm. crazy about Supercross too, dude. Like a lot of people aren't talking about it, but if Biden gets in and he does this world shutdown and and fools everybody with these stimulus checks, just so he can be like, hey, I gave you a stimulus check, but I'm shutting down the world for two weeks, bro. Supercross ain't gonna happen if Biden pulls that trigger. Yeah. So, Do you think that there's a chance that we may not, we may miss rounds this year for whatever reason? Um, uh, let's like, just like say a there riot, was a, like there a rioting in a season, or a rioting in a city somewhere, or not from crazy. a riot, but there was a team manager meeting before Supercross started, and there is a round that they're saying they don't know for sure. Like it's probably fine now, but there is a round that's still up that that they had to talk about a team manager meeting before Supercross started. So but it's not just one round, right? It's, there's no, it was just, it was just one. State. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was one. St- and all yeah. they said they would do is if that happened, they would add more rounds to the other cities. So, hmm. um, well, it might not be so bad. It's really no. cold in that area of the country at that time. <laughs> oh, so you've heard it too then. So, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, sorry guys. I don't mean to be like Daniel Blair and, and Spreckle stuff, but, that's not our job to uh, break news. We let Pulp do that shit. We let him spread the rumors. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. And, and honestly, Steve does a great job doing that stuff. Like, I listen to Pulp because Steve does such a good job of, of giving insider knowledge. Um, like, he was the first kind of to drop about the FMF goggles and um, all that stuff. Speaking of that, what what do you think about the FMF goggles? Uh, I mean, I think they're, they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a prospect I, guy. I, I'm, I, I'm sticking with my prospects. Here's the thing for me is FMF is an exhaust company. Did you They're see all the comments? A, no, I haven't. I, I, but it was kind of along the same line. Yeah, all the comments were like, you guys can't produce pipes, but you can make goggles, which is not true because I work in WPS and we've have, we have pipes. Yeah, we're missing some stuff, but that's, just, that's not because of FMF. That's because we're selling more shit than we've ever thought we would ever sell. So people need yeah. to calm down on hating on FMF. They're trying their best, but I'll tell you right now, it's hard to get materials to make products. You know, these guys are, I, I know of companies that are six months backlog right now because they can't get the product like to make their products. So yeah, everybody needs to stop hating on all these manufacturers and stuff, guys. Like you think they, they, they go to work every day not to make any money. Like they want to make product. They just, we can't get it fast enough. It's same with us and fly. Like we cannot get helmets and gear fast enough. Like as soon as it comes in, it's out the door. Well, and a lot of it also is, you know, a lot of these places are having trouble keeping employees because with the unemployment benefits, a lot of these people were making more money on unemployment than they were working. So these people don't want to go back to work. And if you're a listener and you're being lazy, you don't want to go to work because, you make more on an appointment. Get up and go to freaking work, man. <laughs> you're 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 messing our chain of parts up. I've heard a few we dealers tell me like they did interviews, right? Hired somebody, and then they're like, "All right, this person's starting Monday, nine thirty. Monday, nine thirty rolls around, no show. They call, where you at? Oh, I decided just to just to stay home. Like I I yep. I, I thought it over, and right now I, I just don't I don't I'm not looking to work right now. Like. You literally told someone you were going to start at nine thirty, and then you leave them out to dry when they're there waiting for you. Yep, like pretty no, terrible. No consideration whatsoever. Nope. Um, all right. So before I let you go, speaking of goggles, we have the Scott Sports USA subjects. Um, 
Again, guys, if you haven't checked out Scott's goggles, the new prospect just dropped with Pro Circuit 30-year anniversary, widest lens on the market, light-sensitive lens. I wore them today, and that light-sensitive lens in this cloudy, foggy uh, Tennessee weather was really good because we'd have sun pop through the clouds, and then it would change. And Yeah, if you live in Tennessee, you know Mother Nature does her own thing. So, again, thanks to Scott Goggles, Knowles, and Janolfi and Primo over, those, over there. Those guys are amazing. It's the only goggle made in the USA, which is a huge plus for me. Um, but for Dan, what for you was the biggest surprise in, uh, 250 and 450? Like what kind of shocked you? Hold on. I got to know more about these goggles real quick. Which ones? You said the light sensitive. So dude, the light sensitive lens is, I'm freaking putting in every pair. As soon as I get a pair of goggles, I put it in. All right. So, so school me on it. So is it like a photochroma type thing where they go dark to, to light or what? Yeah. So like for you, okay. You get to riverfront, right? It's eight o'clock yeah. in the morning. It's cloudy. It's foggy outside. Light saves to live clear. Twelve o'clock rolls around. California sun breaks. That thing goes dark smoke. Really, dude, and it works. Dude, that's it's unreal. So they go. They'll, they'll actually go from. They'll go to clear. Yes, like if I have anybody doing woods racing, I'm like, this will be the best lens you ever had because you'll go through the woods, you'll see everything, and then when you get into those open areas, when the sun comes out, it'll go smoke. Oh yeah, dude, I gotta, I gotta call Janolfi. Yeah, it's an expensive lens, but it's worth it. Like it's, it is a true light sensitive lens, and like I said, like I said, the thermofoam absorbs sweat better than any goggle, and then the made in the USA is huge for me. Like support, yeah. support where you live. I know it's hard; Absolutely. we can't do it. Nothing, not a lot of things are made here. But if you have the opportunity, I definitely try. But yeah. All right. So go back to your question. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I'm glad you asked because a lot of people don't know. (laughs) A lot of people don't know that. I I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. So, and the biggest thing for me, how I sell those goggles, you know, now we have quote unquote 100% with FMF, but before we got those FMF goggles, I would show everybody, um, and I'll still show them to this day when I'm selling Scots. But if you have roll offs, if anybody wears roll offs, take a roll off um, cartridge. Is from Scott, and then compare it to another roll-off cartridge from another company. That Scott is almost an inch taller than another company, so that's a lot of field of vision if you're doing roll-offs. So just a heads up on that, guys. Cool. Fifty millimeter lens. So if you don't have a pair, get a pair. You won't regret it. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say uh, Daniel likes to give a AC shit, but I'm not going to do that. I'll I'll leave that to Daniel. <laughs> Um, yeah, but the question was, what surprised you in the two hundred and fifty class or four hundred and fifty class or both? Like, was there something like you were like, "Holy shit!" Like that just happened, or even like, "Man, I did not expect that." Um, I'll say in the two hundred and fifty class, i I didn't expect to see Joe Shimoda up there as much as I did. Yeah, that was, um, that was very he almost was almost won the heat race. Yeah, I was I was super impressed and. I think we're going to see a podium out of Joe Shimoda this year. Yeah, and I, I like I, how I the think. broadcast team kind of brought it up to where he was not even an option for the Pro Circuit team until like a month before Supercross started. Like, he yeah. was not going to be on that team. And then Mitch brought him on and he crushed it. Like, they were running one two there for a minute. Dude, I. And you got to love Mitch, man. Just, he didn't need another rider on that team. Right. You know, but there was a couple of good guys that didn't have rides and. I think it's bitching for him to step up to the plate, yep. put a little tryout on, and take on another guy for the, the year. I, I mean, I, that, that program over there is 
second to none. And that really shows to me that Mitch is passionate about our sport, you know, to step up and do that. Because I think, you know, budgets and stuff are set. So some of this comes out of his pocket. Yeah. He was going to pay for for Martin. That was a rumor that he was going to come out of pocket for Martin. So, yep. um, But Joe, Joe's from Japan. And I think, you know, from the culture that we know about Japan and seen in movies. And, and I don't know if that's, I would assume what is we perceive on, on movies and stuff. Those Japanese take a really good, um, appreciation for things. And for Mitch yeah. to give Joe a chance, I think Joe's going to remember that for the rest of life. And he's going to go, to, he's going to kill himself to make, to prove to Mitch that he deserved that ride. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. And I think Joe has a chance to get on the podium this year. Um, here soon, maybe even next on Tuesday, if he keeps riding yeah, like how I he's riding. So. Um, so that's it. Uh, any other surprises for you or no? Um, let's see. Like my four fifty surprise. I mean, I not one. I, I think it's you know uh, Cooper and Tomac. You know, your your yeah. two title favorites. I, I I don't think you can argue that they're they're buried a little bit points. You know? Dude, I did not. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I did not. Tomac messing with Freeze. I don't know what happened. I, I asked around to see if anybody knew if Vince was cutting him off or cross, because we know Vince cross jumps. So I yeah. haven't heard yet what was happening. But I mean, for him to have two collisions with Freeze on the opening round, like, dude, like, you got to get past that shit. Like, you are a title contender. Like, you do not have time to mess with Vince Freeze. Like, get your no. ass moving to the front. And I think the second time, I I think, and then don't quote me on this because I'm just going off kind of what I was told, but yeah. Tomac kind of went after the threes, you know, to retaliate. And it's like, oh, 100%. Did you see that look back it, at him? Yeah, I'm like, dude, come on. I mean, you, yeah. you can't. You can't do that. And that just goes, the, the other thing is there was guys, you know, saying, oh, you know, uh, Roxon should have taken out Barsha. He could have passed him, got it. Barsha is the not the last guy that you want to get aggressive with on, the on round, round one. Yep, I that, agree. That is absolutely stupid, and I think Roxon played it perfect. Yep. Um, he, I think Roxon was faster than Barsha, and I think had Roxon wanted to get aggressive and make the pass for the win, he would he he could have done it. Yep. But instead, he played it cool, took the second, and you know what? That's what will win championships. Yeah, I think Barsha now has no reason to ride with Kenny Dirty. Kenny just showed him the ultimate respect in that race. Yep. And Barsha, I would hope, would realize that and will use that going forward. Where their racing now will be so good and so competitive to where they're not just killing each other. Um, yep. Like, because like uh, you said, if, if you're on Bam Bam's watch list, you do not want that target on your back. No. And you got to think last year when Tomac and Barsha got into it. Yeah. You know, you know, Eli, in the back of Eli's mind, even though they had it out and Eli said what he said, you know, in the back of Eli's mind that he was concerned that Barsha was going to clean him out. I would think so. Or even Barsha on the other side, too. He, if he sees Tomac behind him, he's going to ride more aggressive to make sure Eli doesn't get in front of him. Yep. And you know what I mean? So. Yep. That could be a good rivalry. I mean, do you see a rivalry coming between either coast? Um, if it's Jet and Forkner or if it's Eli and Vince Freeze, like, do you see a rivalry? 
Not yet. Okay. Um, I don't. I I think the Vince and, and Eli thing will that that would probably be the last that we see of that. You know, because well, I don't know. I'm gonna say let's be honest. Eli's going to be up front, but I but nobody could promise that at this point. Yeah, Vince um, gets just starts. Kind of does, Vince knows how to get starts. He, he does, and uh, but I think that's the last you'll see of that. Um, yeah. The Jet Forfeit What about thing, Craig and Hampshire? Do you think Hampshire? Because Hampshire is known to ride a little dirty. We saw what he did to Sexton last year. Um, Hampshire is not scared to uh, put somebody in the corn dog stand. So, do you yeah. Th- do you think with I, I Craig honestly, being a little older, RJ will show him respect, or do you think RJ's gonna be like, dude, like you didn't have to do that to me the first round? I don't think that RJ has the raw speed that Craig does from what I've seen from H one. And I think and I and I hate to say this yep. and I do not want this to happen, but I think RJ will ride over his head and have a big one and potentially not finish the rest of the season. That's just I don't think RJ is very smooth. I don't think he's very calculated. I think he's balls out. But when you're balls out like that, you make big mistakes. And I'm gonna agree with he you. needs to he needs to back it down a little bit and regather himself because when he starts riding like a madman like that, things go bad quick. Yeah. You know? And he he went down, you know, he went down trying to trying to, you know, go after Craig again. You just you can't you gotta at some point you gotta take the, leave your pride at the door and take the second like Roxon did. Yeah, you know, but I don't see Hampshire doing that. Yeah, no, I I think uh, I think you nailed it around right the head with that one for sure. Um, it's gonna be good though, dude. I'm excited. So Tuesdays, um, racing. Uh, what do you think? Like getting get a little long on time, but just real quick, Tuesdays. Are you excited? No, we're good. To, you excited to have Tuesdays? Dude, I'm, 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 I hope that they continue to do this format Agreed. with Agreed. multiple rounds in one city. Um, and I love having a race during the week. It, it, it breaks the week up. Yes. It gives you something to look forward to. Yep. And we're not doing shit usually on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. And I'm all for it. I love it. I yeah. hope they do more. Of it. And it makes more sense for the riders because it's less travel. Yes. It's less time away from their 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 homes, but most of these guys are families travel with them. You know, like Kenny and Eli, and you know, uh, Justin Barsha, their their wives or whatever they travel with them. Yep. So it's less travel. It's it's less expense for the team uh, mm-hmm. as far as fuel and travel expenses. Yeah. Um, it's less money for Feld because uh, loading up. The all TV the dirt truck and all that, yeah. TV truck and everything else is not cheap. Nope. I, dude, I think it's a win-win, honestly. Yeah, I think you're gonna get happier racers. Like these guys don't have to worry about going home today at 5 a.m. in the morning because we all know a lot of those guys leave first thing in the morning, hop on a flight. Yeah, they're home, rest for 12 hours. Tomorrow they'd be at the test track. Now they got to go. They got to drive 15 minutes down the road to their Airbnb. They're relaxing today. They might yeah. probably relax again tomorrow. I doubt they'll ride tomorrow, and then they're racing Tuesday, and then you know they might yeah. they might ride somewhere Wednesday or yeah Wednesday or Thursday, and then press day Friday ride Saturday. Like as a fan, I'm excited, but as a racer, I think we're gonna get better racing. You know, these guys. A lot of people are like, "Oh, these guys are gonna get so burnt out or whatever." It's like 
No, they're more laid back now. Traveling on a plane is more wearing than racing your dirt bike. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Doing it six is. hours on a flight is miserable. Well, so, the other thing is what I hope that they do would be would be prime for me is if they do I don't like three races in one venue. Yeah. I think I think two would be cool because that way you'd have you'd essentially have like, you know, eight to nine different cities that they would go to and for the fans, you know, I think that would be a little bit better to have spread out so more fans could yeah. could get the super hopefully that's experience. a goal. Yeah, hopefully that's a goal. Like yeah. there's no Detroit this year, there's no New England, there's no California, yeah. no Arizona, like call there's no Colorado. But, so But I hope that they, you know, say they do like a, a Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then give those guys the rest of the week off. And then they start not the following Saturday, but the Saturday after that. Yeah. You know, just kind of spread it out a little bit, give these guys some more time off. I don't know how it would probably push motocross, you know, a little bit further into the into the year. But, you know, um, I don't think that's so bad either. Give no. these guys a little bit of a, a break between rounds. And um, I like it. I, I think it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I... I could not be surprised, or I would not be surprised if Supercross goes 20 rounds in the next two years, or three years, if they change it to 20 rounds. If this works, if the teams yeah. are going to want this more than they're going to want outdoors. Like, let's be real. Like, outdoors is cool. Oh, it's 100%. a true, motor, true motocross. Like, that is that is what our sport is. But there's no money in motocross like there is Supercross. Supercross brings all the money. So, um, and the team's do their contracts around supercross like yeah you have to do yeah. moto too but supercross is what they're selling to the sponsors and to the everybody so um and going to a supercross race as a spectator and a fan a lot more enjoyable <laughs> more way more enjoyable you know you have a freaking seat to sit in you could see the whole track yeah you know a lot of these stadiums are, are covered so you're not baking out in the sun um yeah it's yeah, at nighttime. I, like the lights are badass. The lasers. Like I know they didn't do it this year. They didn't turn the lights off and do opening ceremonies. But, um, just the whole experience, Supercross versus outdoors is hand over fist. It's just a better selling feature or a better overall experience. I think. Yeah. So which sucks. Sure. Like I I love Hangtown, which I I was really surprised Hangtown was back on the schedule. Um. Uh, in September, like that will be a first. Um, yeah. And somebody texted me, they're like, that's funny how they announced it. Cause I haven't heard anything about this and I own the track. So, <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how this, this year goes. But if Supercross goes 20 rounds by 2023, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I, I think, yeah, if, I mean, if they want to go to 20 rounds, you know, basically, it's only three more rounds yeah. of Supercross. Take three rounds of outdoors out, you know, or two yeah. rounds or whatever. And I, I honestly say, give it a Monster Cup too. You know? Yeah. Yep. No, I think I think so too. I think they do twenty rounds all the way through May. Moto starts at the end of June and runs till the first week of October or the end of September. Weather will be nicer. Tracks yeah. will be good. Um, so, yeah. Totally. I, I think so, too. But, Dan, I can't thank you enough. Um, episode 12 has been a blast. I'm really thankful um, for you coming on the Moto Spot Show presented by Spot Network TV. 
Motion Pro, Works Connection, Bell Ray, and Scott Goggles. Um, again, guys, if you haven't checked this out, um, thank you for listening. Make sure to check out Dan at DCMX Tools. And what's your other IG, Dan? Uh, Dan Colvin 633. Dan Colvin 633. And then if you want to talk shit to Daniel, uh, you can slide into Dan's DMs on Main Event Moto um, and tell Daniel how much he sucks. Um, so, yeah, you can do that too, which he, I just like talking shit. Daniel doesn't really suck, but. It's fun talking. I, I make sure that all the all the uh, the bad ones uh, that I get uh, that Daniel does get them. So that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not gonna oh, lie. You, he did you, really good for the first round. Like he's that oh, dude's getting so it. comfortable. Yeah, race day live. Like he ran that whole show. Um, and I'm not just trying yeah. to to blow Daniel. Like let's let's calm down, people. But when uh, when there's when you see someone that's you know really been progressing and taking on the role he's doing with all the behind the stuff scene stuff you know with what's that beyond the track and then now this like he's taking on a lot and then it's really i think it's really really good it's paying off for sure yeah he's killing it dude he's doing a good job yeah i think the whole broadcast team this year will christian you know i watched supercross the other day and jenny taff was on and i'm not gonna lie i miss jenny um i do too she did really good but she's so nice is she i never met her Oh my god, dude! She's like so nice, and Will's actually pretty nice too. But yeah, uh, Jenny was awesome. Yeah, it, it, she's yeah, she does a really good job. So it just I uh, I'm excited for 2021. So if you guys uh, have a chance, download the Peacock app and and go go watch some Supercross Tuesday night, Houston two, and uh, this is episode 12 of the Moto Spot Show with uh, Dan Colvin from what what were we saying you're from, Dan? Main Event Moto. Uh yeah, we'll just say you're from Main Event Moto. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, screw <laughs> it. We know we know who's running the shit over there. Joe and That's Daniel. Right. We know. Um, it, it, but... it's so funny too because I, I've been getting uh everybody thinks it's a job and it's like, dude, I don't I, I enjoy doing this. I don't I don't yeah. get paid to do this, you know, like I do it out of passion, you know. Yeah, it's, Daniel's I, cheap, dude. He's he's chicken tenders and fries. Like he ain't trying yeah. to he ain't trying to pay you a salary. <laughs> Nope, and I'm all right with that. Yeah, you enjoy it, and like you said, it's an opportunity. You know, just like this show, I'm not getting yep. paid to do this show, but it's an opportunity. I get to talk to rad people, and the, you know, it's one of those things. When I first started, I never even thought about interviewing people I don't know, and I've interviewed like two or three people that I barely knew, and like it's been really fun. So, hey, um, so so so, what are you uh, what are you gonna do for me if I can get the one person on your show that we talked about? I don't know. I'll get you a pair of Scott goggles. <laughs> no, I want to go. You you need to buy me a steak dinner. What do you want? Well, yeah, Arlington. I could do that. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna work on that. Yeah, that'd be sick, dude. But you got to come on too, though. Like, I want you on too. Like, a th- right. we got a three way. So I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the one that the guy that 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 you that started following you that you had that, that idea. The other one, I I I could probably make that happen. No problem. Yeah. That dude, like, I'm scared to ask him. Like, I'll probably talk to him tomorrow, but I'm scared to ask him. Like, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm weird about that shit. So, um, you gotta do it. I know. Back That's what Darkside did too. Darkside said the same thing. He's like, dude, you just gotta, you just have to. Hey, these guys are just listen, normal. If, I'm like, dude, I'm just not that guy. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm weird about that shit. Like, I'm not, a, I, I'm not love, a super fan. Like, I am, but I'm not, if that makes sense. I love Darkside. Yeah. To death. Greatest dude. But if a long-haired hippie 
can freaking ask somebody, you can. I promise. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like I, if I was a writer and I saw him approach me to do an interview, I'm like, dude, what is what the hell? We love you though, Dark Side. Keep keep being uh, you. keep being you, baby. The other day, the other day, he had did an interview or something you know, on Instagram, or but he had his bandana on with his neck gator, yeah. and all you could see was his eyes, and that was it. I'm like, goddamn, dude, looks like you're going to war. <laughs> did you see him on the press conference? He was wearing his red bandana in the Zoom press conference. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, dude, that guy, I like, freaking love it. He's not scared. No, like he's, and I respect no. the shit out of him for it. Yeah, I love Dark Side. I love You're it. right, dude. Yep. No, 100%. So uh, keep an eye out, guys. Right. We don't know who we're going to have yet for episode 13. We're going to work on it this week. But um, Moto Spot Show, we're, uh, we're having fun. And, and uh, again, thank you, Dan, for making the time. And, uh, oh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And like I said, if you need any help with those Scott prospects, you just let me know. Also that fly too. Sorry, Lodi. I know you, I know you got I know. a loyal fan. I'm not, I'm not ready to let my fox <laughs> We need to make a Sorry. bet, dude. We need to make a bet like you and Daniel made a bet. Like, we had a bet. I don't remember what it was about. It was Daniel was going to wear was, fox and you were going to wear fly. And I can't remember what yeah. it was for though. I can't remember. Crap. What was it for? It was for something. I can't remember. I, I think I think we should just call it that he lost, and I'll get him some fox gear. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm down. Vincent's gonna have some you gotta sick tattoos. Vincent's gonna have some sick tattoos at the end of this year. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. And uh, so funny. I'm not gonna lie, like you know, I have my own show, but if you guys haven't listened yet, go listen to the main event moto preview show. You will laugh your asses off. Um, it it's good. It's really good. Hey, you you want you want you want me to. Nah, I'm not gonna do it. Never mind. Why? I'll tell you off the show. Uh, nah, <laughs> you're gonna blow somebody it's, out. It's, 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 yeah, and I'm uh, not so sure. You remember when, when Daniel told me to get up and go look in the toilet, go open the toilet lid? Yeah, to see if there was a rat in there. Yeah, well, it wasn't a rat. It was somebody. Peaked. I lifted the toilet lid up. No, oh. there was a, a a light projection of somebody's face that projected into the toilet to piss on. I'm gonna leave it at that. Oh but dude it's pretty epic how'd they get that to happen <laughs> i have no idea oh that's amazing that's pretty cool though how's the new back cave joe got a new house it's good yeah dude it's it's it's, it, it's weird it's like super nice house and uh it's in an older neighborhood but a really nice house but yeah and the, the back cave is at least twice as big but it looks the same yeah it's the weird thing like the layout and everything looks like we're just in a cleaner back cave. Is there going to be but any yeah, insulation no, in the background for Moto Spy videos? <laughs> <laughs> or charcoal? Yeah, I, charcoal? It's, it's dude, pretty organic, you know? I love Pretty it. organic. Well, hey, or jo- Joe's too. an organic guy, though. Like, he is. I love Joe. He's Joe's, fucking the greatest dude ever. God. I mean, that place is... You walk in and dude, you, I, you, you, you feel hungry when you walk into the back cave. I, I could make thousands of dollars <laughs> doing uh like giveaways or draw everybody wants to see what joe looks like oh i, I can know make thousands I texted of dollars in like and he, donations to yeah. see what joe looks like i asked i we were in a chat the other day and someone's like has anybody seen producer joe i will pay <laughs> i was texted joe i said hey how much to send to get a picture and joe's like ah thousand bucks <laughs> big like, and black nuts. baby you're, i was <laughs> like you're nuts but i agree with you like people want to see him but Daniel does a great job keeping the Joe under the wraps. I, I right. told him uh, I'd pay him 20 bucks to make me a voicemail. 
I want him to make me a, like a Justin WPS voicemail with his voice. Oh, like the Supercross guy? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted Joe to do it for me. But he, he wouldn't that, do it. That would be He won't do it? Uh-uh. I was like, oh, Joe, how much yeah, you charge me to do a voicemail? And then he's like, ah, he just laughed. I was like, no, like I really want you to do me a voicemail. <laughs> uh, I, I might ask him too. Yeah, I think that'd be sick. pretty rad. Yeah, it'd be good. But hell yeah, Dan. Well, thank you. Enjoy your Sunday night. Hi, uh, I re- I probably will recommend don't be going riding Wednesday. The track will probably be packed, so stay away from the track on Wednesday after Tuesday Super yeah. Um mm-hmm. And then you know, let me know when you get that new uh, new Honda. I know you're switching. I, I rode one, dude. I'm I'm staying green. You know the Cowie's gonna be different next year. I know it's gonna be good. I, yeah. I hope. I, yeah, I've already heard of some of the potential changes, and I like them. So yeah, it'll be, be good. good. Cool. Well, thank you, sir. Um, All you right. Work, you work on what you're gonna work on. I'll work on what I'm gonna work on, and we'll meet in the middle. Sounds good, brother. All right, buddy. Have a great night. Thank you. All right. See you, Mike. All right. See you. That's a wrap, guys. Episode 12. Huge thanks to our sponsors. Thank you to Dan Golvin and uh, all of our sponsors. Man, what a great episode. So check it out, guys. Spot Network TV. And uh, if you have any questions, hit us up on Instagram, Moto Spot Show, on Instagram, at Moto Spot. So again, thank you to everybody. Uh, episode 12 is a wrap. See you guys.